Hey, this is Mitch Rose. I'm the lead pastor of City Hills Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message encourages you, it inspires you, it challenges you to live your best life. Take a listen. Here's this week's message. I'm going to try to teach you today. I'm a preacher by nature, but uh, I'm going to try to teach you God's Word today about hearing the voice of God. If you didn't catch last week, I'd encourage you to catch that message on YouTube. You can catch up to that. Uh, We're talking about hearing the voice of God. How do I know? How do I know what I should do? What do I do when I don't know what to do? That's a better way to say that. What do I do when I don't know what to do? And as a a believer, I I can't afford to just make decisions based on my feelings. I need to make decisions in my life based on God's leading. Say amen to that. You are not supposed to follow your feelings. Somebody said one time, Pastor, I'm just following my heart. Look at me. Don't do that. Don't follow your heart anywhere. The Bible says your heart is deceitful. It is wicked. Who can know it? I'm not following. If I followed my heart, everybody, I'd still be under the covers today. Come on, somebody. Watching TV right now with a sleeve of Oreos right beside me. Don't follow your heart. I'm hungry just thinking about it. Don't follow your heart. Listen, feelings follow. Choices lead. I'm already preaching. You're not writing. Choices lead and feelings follow. I choose. That's why the Bible said, I was glad when they said, let's go to the house of the Lord. I just made a decision today. I just chose. This is the day the Lord has made. I will. I choose to rejoice and be glad. Say amen to that. So listen, I'm not looking for my feelings for direction. I'm looking for God to give me direction. I need to hear the voice of God. And sometimes it's hard to know. How do I know if it's God? How do I know if it's the devil? How do I know if it's the tacos I had last night? How do I know? How do I know if it's the voice of God in my life? And I want to help you with that. And that's what this series is all about. Now, let me be transparent with you, and I'm not discounting this because you may be in the room today or church online, and this has happened for you. But I don't know that I've ever heard the audible voice of God. I've asked the Lord to speak to me audible. I just I've never heard the audible voice of God. Maybe you have. I believe that. God can, and I believe He will. But I have, I have followed now for years, decades of my life, the voice of God, not hearing it audibly, but knowing the voice of God. We, we don't have, listen, we don't have, a, God doesn't have trouble speaking. We have trouble hearing. Say amen to that. We have trouble listening to God. It's not that God has a speaking problem. It's that I have a a listening problem in my life. And here's the reason why God wants to speak to you. Not because you're so holy. Not because you got it all figured out. Not because you study your Bible eight hours a day. Not because you pray your head off or fast till you're blue. That, God doesn't speak to people more like that. As a matter of fact, it has more to do with Him than it does you. Write this down in your notes. God speaks to us because He is personal, He is close, and He's a relational God. He's personal. He's a personal God. He is close to us, and He's a relational God. As a matter of fact, when you see the the meta-narrative of the Bible, when you look at the overarching narrative of God's Word, you'll see God is relational to people. God doesn't need us. He wants us in relationships. Amen to that. God wants to speak with you. He wants to walk with you. It started all the way in the book of Genesis Adam, the Bible said, and the Lord would walk together and God would talk with him in the cool of the evening. God and Adam had a 
a nightly dinner date where God physically would walk with Adam in the cool of the evening and speak with him. It, God's, God wants to be relational. He wants to be close to you. He's a personal God. Say amen to that. God, God wants it because that's who He is and He wants, to, he wants it for you. Not just because you're so special or not because you got to do something so special, but God wants to speak to you. I'll prove it to you in God's Word. Exodus 33, if you have your Bibles. Second book of the Bible, Exodus 33. I'll give you kind of the setup here. Moses has de- uh, 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 delivered the children of Israel out of uh, bondage, out of Egypt. They are in the wilderness. They have been wandering the wilderness and... God has given him the law and the plan for the tabernacle. Tabernacle was the the first portable church. And the first dream team in all of the Bible was the setup and takedown team for the tabernacle. Come on, somebody. I love love God's word for this. And, And so as the children of Israel would move around the wilderness, the setup team would set up the tabernacle. And it had very specific instructions. I don't have time to teach you this, but God won't be worshipped any old way. There's a way you approach the Lord. Somebody said, Pastor, that doesn't matter. What, what, hap- that do- what, what we do doesn't matter. It do- Honestly, we can just come to God any way. You, you read your Old Testament. You can't just come to God any way. There was a way to come to God. In the tabernacle, there was a way to come to God. There were, there were stations and places and instruments that you had to use as you moved forward and came to God. But they would set up this tabernacle and then Moses would make a sacrifice for the people and the Bible said God would speak to Moses at the tabernacle. Exodus 33 and 11, if you're there, say amen. I mean, the rest of you look on the screen behind me. Inside the, underline this phrase, I'm in the New Living Translation. Your Bible may say tabernacle or tent, may say something else. But I love this translation. Inside the tent of meeting, another word for the tabernacle, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. And after this conversation with God, Moses would return to the camp. rest of the verse say, and he'd, that's how he would give direction to the children of Israel. Let me pause here and say, if you're a leader in any capacity, and by the way, you are, whatever it is God's given you influence over, you're, the, you're a leader in that sphere. Could be your family, could be your children, could be your job, could be your department, could be the team that you lead, could be the small group that you're in, could be the dream team that you're on. It could be just your siblings. You could be the oldest sibling. But wherever you are that God's given you influence, you're the leader there. You cannot afford, I cannot afford to just go and spout off direction to my family or this church or our staff or our dream team. At some point, if I want God's blessing on my life, I got to go meet with God and get His ideas. I don't want to bring my plans to God and ask Him to bless them. I want to go to God and say, God, tell me what you want me to do and who you want me to be and how you want me to move. Shout amen to that. And Moses would do that. He'd go meet with God. Listen, at the tent of meeting. Write that in your notes. The tent of meeting. It was a place that Moses talked to God. And God talked to Moses. There will have to be a place in your life. It's why I love church. It's why I love Sundays. It's why I love people like you that are faithful. It's why I love church online. If you're watching and, and, and you're in a living room somewhere, or in a condo somewhere, and in the car driving somewhere, around at the lake house, and you've and, and you got your family around God's Word because there's something about scheduling a meeting time with God. 
There's something about taking your calendar out and saying, this is my prayer time. This is my devotion time. This is my quiet time. This is when I talk to God. Are you still there, everybody? This is when I talk to the Lord. This, this is when I talk. I get quiet and I talk to God in this area. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to confess to you a couple of places. Don't judge me. It's, it's time change weekend. I'm a little sleep deprived, okay, everybody? But I talk to God in two main areas every day of my life. The first one's the shower. <laughs> I got a captive audience. It's me in the hot water. Come on, somebody. And I talk to the Lord. And sometimes I'll get out of the shower and tell Brandy, hey, I think I just heard from God. She said, no, you just heard from head and shoulders. That's what that is in there. That's just a tingly you feel on top of your head. But some, And then I, I hear from God walking. I, I'll, I'll walk the neighborhood or walk your neighborhood or walk, walk in the trails in the city. And, I, and I'll, I'll go out and I have my earbuds on. And a lot of times, listen, I don't have anything going on in my head. I got no music in my ears I do that so that you don't think I'm a crazy person walking without music you know but I'm not listening to anything I'm just talking to God and if you ever see me walking through the streets of Bernie or Fair Oaks and you see me walking around with my earbuds in mumbling to myself don't call nobody I'm okay I'm talking to God I'm talking about you to God. I got to get way out in the woods so he don't hear me say your name. God, what is wrong with these people? God, please touch these people. Some of them are crazy. God, at first service especially. First service people are crazy. God, And I'm talking to God. I got a place I talk to God. Listen, if you want to hear from God, you're going to have to make a place and a space and a time that you talk to God and hear from the Lord. Say amen to that. It's why we have Tuesday prayer meetings. I want you to know prayer is the foundation of hearing from God. you got to schedule a time in your life to pray. So many people have asked me. I haven't commented on it publicly. This is probably the first time I've ever said anything publicly about it. But you've commented about the revival or the renewal that's sweeping, the spiritual renewal and revival that's sweeping through a couple of college campuses. Started in Asbury in Kentucky at Asbury University, a great holiness Methodist uh, uh, college. And I thank God for that. And I'm proud of that. And I'm thankful. And I would have loved to have gone. And I had friends. My pastor went. It was an amazing time. It lasted 10 days. Let me just, let me just encourage you. It lasted 10 days. We're here 52 Sundays a year. Don't go chasing temporary when you won't have consistency. I was praying last Tuesday at 6 a.m. too. Are you with me, everybody? It's already over with at Asbury, but this Tuesday the church is open for prayer. Are you with me, everybody? And it starts with prayer. You've got to make a place. If you want revival in your family, make a place to hear from God. If you want revival in our city, and I do, make a place to hear from God. You've got to have a time to hear from God. You may not be hearing the voice of God because you don't have a tent of meeting. You don't have a place. doesn't have to be big. doesn't have to be a prayer closet. Doesn't have to be special. Doesn't have to have a shrine. Doesn't have to have candles. Maybe you want candles in. That's fine. Doesn't have to be here for me. A lot of times I, I can just hear from God. Doesn't have to be on my seat. When I pray in the sanctuary, I, I walk. I, I pace. I just, I probably make God nervous. He probably sometimes said, just stay still. Just a minute. Hang on. But I, man, I just, I, I can hear from God. And I got a place to go to hear from God. And God speaks to Moses like a friend, the Bible says. He spoke to him face to face as one speaks to a friend. Somebody asked me one time, Pastor, what does the voice of God sound like? Well, 
I got some ideas. I think sometimes the reason we miss the voice of God is because we think it sounds a certain way, right? Sometimes I think the voice of God sounds like Morgan Freeman. You know, everybody, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think that's what the voice of God could sound like. Or maybe the Allstate guy. You know what I'm talking about? The Allstate guy. Are you in good hands? I don't know. Maybe I am, God. Am I in your hand? I don't know. I'd love for it to be. Maybe that's what it sounds like. Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. Some of you country boys, I'll get you right here. Sometimes you think the voice of God sounds like Macho Man Randy Savage. Come on, somebody. That's, yeah. That's what it's got to be. It's got to be big and booming, and 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 it's got to have this. Got to have this big. Th- I got. It's got to be lightning. It's got to be man. People's got to be falling out. It's got to be huge and supernatural. But sometimes, listen. That's not how God speaks. As a matter of fact, often when God wants to give you direction and speak into your world, He speaks to you like a friend. It's a recognizable voice. Say Amen to that. It is not some foreign voice. It is not some supernatural thing that you think, well, I've never heard that voice before. No, when Moses would go meet with God, it was something he recognized. It was a friend. It was a friend's voice in his life. Years ago, before we had caller ID, some of you under 40 don't know this, but we used to have phones with cords. They would attach to the wall. You know what I'm saying right here? And at our house, we had the... You would pull it off the wall, and it had the, the cord on it was about 87 feet long. Mama bought with the wrong, and, you know, you can just walk around, you know. And she'd twist around holding it, and it'd just get tangled up in the cord, and you had to get out of the cord. Anybody know what I'm talking about? All the old people. Anyway, and we didn't have caller ID. You remember life before caller ID? You just picked up the phone like an animal. Hello? You didn't know who was on the other line. It was just a gamble. It was Russian roulette all the time, you know. I didn't know who it was. Now I got caller ID, and not that I screen your calls. I would never do that to you. Never. But if other people call me, you know, sometimes I think, oh, God, let me, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm praying right now. God, please touch whatever it is they need and let them leave a voicemail, Jesus. <laughs> but before you had caller ID, you'd just pick it up. And, then, and even sometimes with caller ID now, I get a call from a local number and I'll pick it up. And, and, and the most dreaded thing that happens on the other line is when they say, hey! And now I got a choice to make. I can either say, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't have this number. Say, I don't know who this is. I, I, I don't recognize this number. Or I can do what I normally do. And I go, hey boy, what you doing? And then they continue. Oh, we just sitting out. The truck, where are, you, where are you at? And I'm thinking, oh God. This stranger's asking where I'm at. They're coming to get me, God. They've put a hit out on me. Are you with me, everybody? And I'm trying. I take three or four minutes trying to figure this out. So I'll ask leading questions. Hey, how's, uh, how's, uh, how's your uh, wife? What's her name again? How's her? How's she? How's your kids? How's that one... Kid, do you have kids? Who's the, who is this? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I'm trying to figure it out because I don't know. They know me, but I don't know them, right? Somehow they got my number. Don't share my number. Don't do that. Somehow they know me, and I don't know them. And, and, I, and, 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 and it's, not re- it's not recognizable to me. Listen, sometimes God's speaking to you. You just are... I don't recognize this. I, this doesn't, I don't understand who this is. And God's voice is not supposed to be unrecognizable. It's supposed to be like a friend. Say amen to that. John, the 10th chapter. Jesus is teaching about hearing from God. Flip over in your Bible to John 10. 
John the 10th chapter, Jesus is teaching. John gives more of the divinity of Christ and how to hear from God than any other gospel writer. John 10 and 3 says, The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to what? You didn't say it. The sheep listen to what? His voice. They don't watch him. They're not following because of how how his gate is. They're listening for his voice. He opens his mouth and calls his own sheep by name. And it's his voice that leads them out. And when he's brought them out all his own, he goes on ahead of him and his sheep follow him. How? Because they know his voice. Because they know his voice. It could be in your life that you can't You're struggling following God. You're struggling getting direction in your marriage and parenting with your children, with your with in in your life, in your career, in your spiritual life. What to do next in your finances? Not because God isn't speaking, but because you don't know His voice. Next verse, put it back up. But they'll never follow a stranger. This is what my prayer for you is in this Voice of God series is that you don't follow the voice of a stranger. In fact, I want you to run away from the stranger because you don't recognize his voice. Say amen to that. I want you to walk. Listen, let me give you a shortcut. I'm going to teach you a shortcut to spirituality. A shortcut to to a spirit-led life is, write this word in your notes, proximity. It's proximity. You know that person in your life that you're you're going somewhere together and 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 you're riding in separate cars and and they're trying to give you directions. Well, you turn down. I'm from the south, so we think things like this. You go to Light Pole, you turn left at the Red Barn down to down yonder, and you go down just a piece and you turn right in the house up there on the left. Anybody give directions like that? You know, because I'm from the I'm from the south. That's how we talk about everything. And then and then and then you say, well, I don't. I, that's hard for me. And and then you just say, hey, you know, don't worry about it. Just Follow me. And you're thinking to yourself, partner, if you drive like you give directions, I'm never, I'm going to be lost. I'm going to die out in the field somewhere. I'm never going to get where you're going. So we say things like this. Now, nowadays, we say, well, just give me the directions. I'll plug it in, right? Just give me the directions. I'll put it in my phone. Boy, I wish that was true with God, don't you? I wish sometimes I heard from the Lord and I'd just say, God, just give me directions. Listen, just plug it in. I'll get there. I'll meet you there. God, I'll, 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 listen, if you'll just tell me what next week is, if you'll just tell me what, what March has in store, if you'll just tell me what I'll face in 2023, God, if you'll just tell me how teenage years are going to go with my kids, God, if you'll just give me direction over here, God, I'll just, I'll, I'll, if you'll just give me the coordinates, I'll go there. But that's not the call of God. The call of Jesus on the disciples is come and proximity. It's being close. I'm giving you a life hack to spirituality is proximity to God. It's the closer I get to God, the more I hear God's voice. Say amen to that. Sometimes you can't hear the voice of God because you're not close enough to God. You can avoid getting lost in decision or going the wrong way or distinguishing the voice of God simply by being close Enough. It's almost never the devil leading you astray. Almost always it's your proximity to God. I just said something that has set you free if you'll listen. 
Almost never is it the voice of the stranger leading you away. Almost always is it your, your proximity to the shepherd. And if you'll get close enough to God, and somebody asked me one time, came to my office and said, Pastor, I don't know what to do. I got these two decisions to make. I got this choice and this choice, and they both look good. They're both great offers. They're both great opportunities. I filtered it through spirituality. I filtered it through, you know, this, this whole, like I prayed about it. I've done it. I filtered it through my family and my wife and my children. And that both of these opportunities look good. Which one, how do I know what to do when both of these are options? And listen, I'm going to save you an appointment. You don't have to email Julie for this. I'm going to save you the appointment. I'm going to tell you what I told them. And then this is what I would tell you if you sat down with me anyway. The way that you make a decision when both of them look good is you get as close as you can to God, and then you pick one. Now, I know that's not spiritual enough for some of you. So I'll say it in the Greek. I looked it up in the Greek, and in the Greek, it's picko one <laughs> just, just pick one. Well, that doesn't sound spiritual. No, the spiritual part's you getting close to God. That's what you don't like. The spiritual part is, if I have proximity to the shepherd, I know his voice. Are you still there, everybody? I know his voice. I got proximity. It's why church is important. It's why it's my small groups are important. It's why joining the dream team is important. It's why all of that stuff gets you in proximity to the presence of God. I'm not telling you God couldn't have told Moses direction for the people of God outside of the tent of meeting, but it was a whole lot easier if Moses shut out all the noise and went into the tent of meeting and got as close as he could to God, he could hear better. And so can you. You can hear the voice of God better. I can hear the voice of God better when I get close to God. God wants to speak, but sometimes it's not how you think. Let me give you a story from the Old Testament. This is where I'll spend the next few moments of our time. If you have your Bibles, 1 Kings. Flip over to 1 Kings 19. Put your finger right there and let me tell you the story. Elijah is the prophet of God. Elijah. There's two in the Bible. Elisha and Elijah. Elijah is the prophet of God at this time. Elijah is a powerful prophet of God and he has been challenged by the prophets of Baal. This false god, this this, uh, cultural god that the people worship, they said that's the real true God. Elijah said, no, I I serve the only one true God. They said, well, let's decide. We'll have a... We'll, have a, we'll, we'll come together with a little competition. We'll see who's really the God of heaven. We'll really decide who's, who's in charge of the universe. And, and so we'll call down fire. Who, whatever God answers with fire, that's, that's the one true living God. So Elijah said, fine, you go first. <laughs> I love that. I love a Christian who, who you'll just, you go first. You go ahead. I, I'm secure in who I, I got this. God's got that. You can go, you can throw everything you want at me, devil. I got this. I'm going to still stand when this is all over with. Say amen. So the prophets of Baal do. They actually spend the whole day. If you, have, if you had time to read this whole chapter, they spend the whole day. They worship. They sing. They cut themselves. They make sacrifices to Baal. 450 prophets of Baal are on the top of Mount Carmel asking Baal to answer in fire. And because Baal's not the one true living God, he doesn't. He's dead. He's not powerful. He has no ability. And so then Elijah says, I'll make it tough. And you know this, there's water everywhere. And Elijah just prays prays one prayer to God. God answers in fire, consumes the whole thing. Then Elijah kills all 450 prophets of Baal. It's a good day, everybody. Come on now. It's it's, It's a big day. And Elijah's on top of the mountain, and this is a big day. But he doesn't know Ahab, the king, is there. 
And Ahab the king's an evil king, married to a woman named Jezebel. Jezebel's an actual woman in the Bible. Some of you just, that's what you call your mother-in-law. That's a real name in the Bible. <laughs> don't, don't call her that. That's a real person in the Bible. And Jezebel's an evil queen. And Ahab the king, a little henpecked, he goes home. He says, you'll never believe what happened. Elijah called down fire from heaven. He's, got the, he's serving the one true God. And then he killed all the prophets of Baal. And Jezebel gets so mad. And she tells Ahab, we're chasing after him. And like a good, dutiful husband, Ahab says, yes, ma'am. <laughs> okay. And here they go, man. He, matter of fact, Jezebel says, he's going he's to die. I'm, I'm going to chase him around. He's not going to live. He's going to die. And, and, and Elijah gets word that the Jezebel's on his tail. And he's scared to death. And God sustains him. He runs for 40 days, 40 nights. God sustains him. I don't have time to teach it to you. But he's so depressed that God has to give him some help, some encouragement. He does two things for him. He has birds feed him, and then, he, and then he takes a nap. Let me pause here and tell you, some of the most supernatural thing you can do is a snack and a nap. Come on, somebody. Every Sunday afternoon, I hear from God with a little Oreos and a... <clears throat> Golden Girls on TV. Come on, somebody. And God restores my soul that way. <laughs> He restores Elijah, but Elijah's still in the cave, depressed, terrified for his life. And that's where we pick the story up. Elijah's in his cave of depression. I can't hear from God. I'm the only one. I don't know what to do next. 1 Kings 19 and verse 11, the Lord said, says to Elijah, God speaking, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. Let me pause here. He gave him a place. There's always a place to hear from God. Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore through the mountains. They tore the mountains apart, shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in this great and powerful wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. Imagine this crazy day. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, underline this in your Bible, came a gentle whisper. After the fire, after the wind, after the earthquake. Elijah is running for his life, scared to death, living in a cave. Let me pause here and tell you, it was the day after, it was just the season after he had just had this big wind, this supernatural ability. God had answered with fire. He had killed 450 prophets of Baal on top of Mount Carmel. Let, let me pause here and just warn you as your pastor, some of the darker seasons of your life will immediately follow some of the highest supernatural seasons of your life. Do not be alarmed. Let me teach you this. Do not be alarmed when, there, when you have big supernatural God answers in your life and you can't figure out, why did I get so depressed? Why am I so down? I'm, I'm helping somebody right now. The Holy Spirit's speaking to you. You can't figure out. God answered really big and it's, it doesn't feel like God. I don't, God gave us the house we prayed for and now I'm, just, it's, I'm depressed about it. God answered in, with a baby, but I'm, just, I'm not as excited as I thought I'd be. God gave me this new job, but I'm still struggling in it. Some of the time, almost I think there's a scriptural principle for this, that after this big supernatural event, that after this big win, after you've conquered, that there's a season of low because God wants to speak to you. It happens to me in 24 years of vocational ministry now. I've learned this about myself. 
The last seven years as your senior pastor, I've learned this about myself, that preaching on the weekends, I get this supernatural high. And hundreds of people are coming to God. and Lives are being restored. And it's an amazing thing to see. I've had a front row seat to absolute revival in the hill country. And to God be the glory for that. But then on Sunday night, I'd get depressed. Ask my wife. I wouldn't just, it wouldn't be a sleeve of Oreos. Come on, somebody. It'd be double stuffed. Are you with me? I'd be dunking that stuff in Coke Zeros, drowning my sorrows. I'd have all the reasons why it wasn't good. Man, I didn't do a good job. Wasn't, I, I, I didn't connect. And so-and-so wasn't there, and I heard they're leaving. And who's going, Why did they walk away? What, what's going on? And they're struggling spiritually. I'd get, I'd get low. And I had to learn this about myself. I intentionally have to pick myself up on Sunday nights because after that spiritual high, sometimes there are valleys. So I'll intentionally, you, you drive by my house. I don't know why you would. That's a little creepy. I do. Brother's packing, okay, somebody? All right, listen. I'm from the south side of the kingdom. Are y'all with me, everybody? <laughs> I'm holy but hood, so don't be coming up in my, my house. You drive by on Sunday night, I'm not there sometimes. My truck gone. Because i got to get out and lift my own spirit up. Are you with me, everybody? I just wanted to tell you that. I felt led to tell you. Because you may be in a dry season after a spirit. This is where Elijah is. And you want, I want lightning, wind, and earthquake. And God's speaking in a whisper. And here's what he whispers to you. Write these down if you're taking notes. Number one, the Lord whispers encouragement to you. It's what I need most from God. And it's what I get the least if I'm not quiet enough. Let me say it better this way. Oftentimes, I can't hear the whisper of encouragement over the shouts of my complaining. Elijah's in the cave going, I'm the only one. I'm going to die. Jezebel's coming. Ahab heard. God, where are you? Oftentimes, I spend most of my prayer times complaining. God, it's terrible. God, what's going on? God, what's happening in the world? God, what are we going to do? God, I don't know what to do. And I'm complaining and complaining. And the whole time the Lord has a whisper of encouragement, I just can't hear it over my own complaining. Say amen to that, everybody. you got to learn. Write it down like this. I didn't put it on the screen, but you need to write it in your notes. You can protect your mind by guarding your mouth. You can protect your mind by guarding your mouth. Matter of fact, I'm going to ask the whole church. I'm putting the whole church on a complaining fast this week. Seven days, all of spring break. I want you to take from now to next Sunday and don't complain to God or anybody else. Now, a few things are going to happen. Number one, your husband's going to literally pass out. You're going to have to pick him up. Give him some ice. Don't comment if you want to go home with her. Pick her up. Let me say, I'll, I'll help you ladies. So, if your wife just can't believe, what's wrong with you? Why are you not, you seem happy. Something must be wrong. <laughs> You'll shock your children if you don't come home kicking the dog and cussing and fussing and caring. Just not, I'm not going to complain. A couple of things are going to happen. You're going to have a better marriage this week. Your kids are going to be happier to be around you. Listen, and God may encourage you. Sometimes it's not as bad as I complain about. And God's whispering. Sometimes you'll talk yourself out of what God's trying to speak to you. 
God speaking to you. Hey, I'm going to heal your marriage. I don't know, God. It's bad. Shut your mouth. I'm going to save your kids. I don't know, God. He's crazy. Close your lips. Can I say it any plainer than that? You'll talk yourself right out of encouragement. You'll come to church and you'll have a little bitty-o, five foot seven, hundred and some odd pound preacher look at you and tell you, God's on your side. You can do it. God's on your car. Everything's okay. And you'll get in the car and fold your arms and say, I don't believe that. He don't know how bad it is. He don't know how dumb you are. He don't know how crazy this is. He don't know how bad my job is. It doesn't matter. If God's trying to encourage you, take some encouragement in your life. That's the voice of God. I got to keep going. I got a lot. I'm not going to tell you how many I have. That way you're not counting down, but I have 13. <laughs> Romans 8, <laughs> I don't have 13. Romans 8, 16. The Holy Spirit speaks to us deep in our heart and tells us, you're a child of the Most High God. You're a king's kid. That ought to encourage somebody today. Is it bad at work? Maybe so, but I'm a child of God. Is the marriage on the rocks? Maybe it is, but God is our portion. Are we struggling financially? Maybe we are, but God is a provider. Come on, I'm a child of God. That's the voice of encouragement in your life. Say amen to that. He whispers encouragement. Number two, I got 13 he whispers warnings. He whispers warnings. This is not near as popular as the other one. Isaiah 30, 21 says, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice. Everybody say behind you. Saying, this is the way, walk in it. How many of you are married to... Oh, let me rephrase that. I'm going to have to counsel some marriages if I keep doing this because some of you guys just don't, hadn't learned yet. But how many of you know... Let me say it that way you know of a backseat driver. Where is that? <laughs> Where are you at on that? See, I didn't say married to because Brandy raised her hands in first service. Oh, I'm so... Oh, oh. <laughs> screen, screen, go, go, go. How long are you going to sit here? Stop, stop! <laughs> Did you see that? Honey, I saw that. Listen, I've got the reflexes of a mongoose. I see everything. I am, I am in charge. I'm captaining this ship. Listen, but sometimes she sees what I don't see. I don't see red lights. I'm confessing to you. It must be the sleep. I don't see red lights. It's a true story. If you ride around Bernie and see my truck coming, watch out. Brother, don't see him. I got my eyes at the truck in front of me. And if he's gone, baby, we gone. And she'll, stop! And I spin and everything. There's a red light right there. And she'll say, didn't you see that? And the truth is, and I never tell her this because I don't want to give in, but I, no, I didn't. I wasn't looking at it. Listen, there's some times in your life God is warning you of stuff you can't see. The Bible said there's a voice behind you. There's somebody, God, the Holy Spirit sees what you can't see. And He whispers warnings to you. He, can see, he knows the twists and the turns and the pitfalls up ahead. One part of, of the Old Testament talks about a watchman. He sees what you can't see. 
He's got higher perspective than you do. Don't step over the warning. Some of the biggest troubles I've gotten myself in in my life is not because I didn't know better. It's because I pushed through the warnings. Because the Holy Spirit said, wait, 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 slow that down. Whoa, 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 I wouldn't do that. And I know best. And so I'll push through. He whispers warnings. Number three, ten more. He whispers direction. He whispers direction. Come play so they have some hope. He whispers direction. Acts 20 and 22, one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Thank you. And now, underline this phrase in your Bible, compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. The phrase compelled by the Spirit in Greek is deo honuma. It is the, it literally is translated, the word compelled, better translated is pulled. There's a pull of the Spirit. And if you're going to follow God, if you're going to, if you're going to, you're going to be a spirit-led believer. You're going to have to figure out the whisper of direction in your life, the pulling of God. It happened to me just this week. I was away just this week and was out of town and had a couple of flights and a couple of meetings on the East Coast. For for honestly, I don't. I can't tell you like it was revolutionary. It wasn't wasn't even powerful. I mean, I'm being honest. But I heard. I had actually heard this same thing but I heard it different. Let me say it that way. I get on the plane. I'm driving home. I'm doing work on the plane and, and I'm working on you know, church and I'm reviewing my message for the week and I open up a document and I'm searching for stuff and I saw a phrase that I wrote down in my own notes I had never seen. And I get home and hey, you guys, Brandy, I get home. We're at lunch. I, I land early and take my family to lunch and and I tell her, I think I got direction from God about this situation, about this one situation. Now, she said, well, what's going to happen? I don't know. That's what he said. I'm going to Jerusalem, and I don't know what's going to happen to me there. I don't know how it's going to work out. All I can tell you is I feel pulled by the Holy Spirit. You're going to have to learn the whisper of direction in your life, that God's pulling us in a certain direction. It happened when I was in this building. We'd been working on this building, if you never heard the story, for four years. It was a piece of ground. I was here when the owner bought it. I actually prayed over the ground when he bought it. I was here when the building was built. I prayed over the building when it was built. I went to the city four different times. I went to every city councilman, had a meeting with the mayor, meeting with the city manager, meeting with the city attorney. We'd gotten all the way to the point the city told us, if you don't like our decision, sue us. Well, I didn't like their decision, but I wasn't going to sue them. I just knew this was the right place for us for this season. I'm not telling you it's our final place, but it was the right place for the season. And I remember still driving through. I mean, we got no. I mean, bad. We, it was just no, no, no. We were in a meeting in a high school, and I called our trustees, and I said, hey, I'm back at the land, back at the building. I think we ought to try again. <laughs> our trustees are godly men, but they're men of counsel. They're not just yes men. And, and, and one says... Pastor, I love you, but that's over. I said, no. I just feel a pull. Let's try again. Now, because they're spirit-led men, they said, okay. If that's what you feel, we'll try again. We tried again. The rest is history. 
We were able to get a temporary use permit. We were able to change 150 years of uniform development code got us on this property. Why? Because I just felt tough. I'm just going to have to, you got you to gotta get direction. Here's the last thing, and I'll close with this. He whispers dreams. He whispers dreams. I close with this because it's what I'm most passionate about for you. It's that God would speak to you in dreams. Job 33 and 14, the Lord speaks again and again. God speaks again and again, and He speaks in dreams and in visions of the night. I don't know if it really means dreams, like when your eyes are closed. I think sometimes it does. But I really think it's about the dream on the inside of your heart. If you've come to church here very long, you've heard me preach along these lines. It's really the message of my life that God has a dream for you that there's something God put on the inside of you that only you can do. That there's dreams beyond your hurts. That your biggest disappointment in life will not be what you did, but what you didn't do. What I didn't act on. That dream that God put on the inside of me when I thought I was crazy, when everybody else thought it was crazy, but I know God gave me a dream. Maybe your dream's to go back to school. Maybe God's put it on your heart and you think no one's ever finished college in my family too old to go back to school. Nobody's ever wrote a book in my family. Who would even read it? Nobody's ever owned a business. Nobody's ever been an entrepreneur. Nobody's ever, you know, no, no, my, my father left. My, my, my mother abandoned us. Nobody would ever t- t- try to marry me. Nobody, but there's a dream on the inside of you. God speaks in dreams. And I want you to be a dreaming church. I want a church full of dreamers. That's why we call our volunteers the dream team. Not because you're walking in my dream. Not because you're fulfilling Brandy and I. No, no, no. It has nothing to do with that. I got dreams. They're mine. I want you to walk in your dream. Why? Because the Bible says this in Joel 2. It said, in the last days, says the Lord, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And then here's what will happen. Your young men will dream dreams. Your old men will see visions. Look at me. Listen. Revival is connected to dreaming. And I want revival in our city more than I want anything else. And it's connected to dreamers. I want a church full of dreamers and entrepreneurs and men and women and young people and young adults who have a a God-sized dream on the inside of their heart. A dream to make a difference. A dream to build an orphanage in a place that doesn't have one. A dream to go on a mission strip. A dream in your heart to build a school for girls, a dream in your heart to go back to the neighborhood that you were raised in on the other side of the tracks and make a difference there, a dream on the inside of your heart to plan a church, a dream to be a worship leader, a dream to write music, a dream to go to college, a dream on the inside of you to start a family, a dream to be in ministry, a dream to bring your family to church, a dream to see your father give his heart to Jesus. God speaks to you in dreams. I want you to be a dreamer. I'm asking you to ask the Lord. God, I need need direction in my life. I, I need warnings. I need encouragement. I need dreams on the inside of me. And then when He does, listen to me, this is the last thing. When He does, I want you to be a church that boldly and confidently moves in the direction that God is calling you. What's going to happen in Jerusalem? I don't know. But I heard from God. There are going to be times as your pastor, I stand up to you and I go, I don't know what's happening next. I don't know why we're starting a campus over there. But I heard from God. 
I don't know why we're buying that land. It's too big. It's too much. It costs too, it's too big. The dream's too big. But, I, but God put it on the inside of my heart. I heard from God. Say amen, everybody. I heard from the Lord. There are going to be times in your family. You just need to say, family, I heard from God. We're going to sacrifice. We're going to do it. God, I heard from God. It's time to join this church. I heard from God. It's time to start a small group. I heard from God. There's something on the inside, and I'm going to boldly follow. And here's the reason why I write this down and close your Bibles. Because of the decisions you make today, determine the stories you tell tomorrow. The decisions you make today determine the stories you tell tomorrow. And I want to tell stories of hope. And I want to tell stories of faith. And I want to tell stories of promise. And I want to tell stories of miracles. I want to tell the story that I got quiet enough in my soul that I heard the voice of God. Daddy, why did we move here to plant a church? Because we heard from God. Mama, why did we sell everything and move to Africa to work in this orphanage? Because we heard from God. Why, 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 are we doing, why are we joining the team when our schedule is so busy? Because God's calling us. We have a, a dream on the inside of our heart. Why are we starting a small group when we got all of these nights busy? Because God's calling us. That's why. We got a dream on the inside. Why are we going to start a business when nobody... I don't even know how to run a business. I'm not from a family bunch because God's called us. Because I heard the voice of God. But what, why are we stopping this? Because God warned me. Why are you breaking up with me? Because I got because I heard from God. Why are we delaying this wedding? Because I heard from God. Why, why are you closing this business? Because it was taking away. I heard the voice of God. I want you to have direction and wisdom, warnings and encouragement. Daddy, why are you smiling? Mom, why, why are you so, sir, ma'am, why are you so happy right now when everything, when the cancer diagnosis is back? Because I didn't complain. I just heard heard the encouragement that God's for me. It was a whisper. But it was the voice of God. We're going to make it. Every head bowed and every eye closed for just a moment. If you need that in your life. If you need the voice of God to speak to you. If you need, if you feel the warnings of the Lord. If you, if you need direction from God. If you need to dream again. Would you just be bold and raise your hand. And say, Pastor, include me in this final prayer. Hands are up all over the building. Come on, hands up. Hands are up everywhere. Lord Jesus, I pray for every hand that's raised. Come on, leave it as a sign of faith. I pray for every person right now seeking direction, wisdom, clarity, warnings, encouragement, dreams again. Speak to them, I pray. Holy Spirit, you're a speaking God. You're a speaking God. Help me to listen to the whispers of God in my life. I pray, God, that you'll speak to them in ways that only they could know. I pray for dreams to be restored. Holy Spirit, I pray for a dreaming church. Give us dreamers in this service. Give us people who dream of ministry and kingdom impact and eternal lives. Give us people who dream of making a difference for the kingdom of God. Give us dreamers who build families of legacy. Give us kingdom builders, dreamers. Warn us which way I should go. Encourage us when we're down. Give us direction. Put your hands down if you've never followed the Lord. You've never given your heart to Jesus. It's the first step. I 
told you that the spiritual shortcut to spirituality is proximity. You got to get close to God. Some of you may be saved, but not close to God. Some of you may have never given your heart to Jesus at all. I want to give you a chance to do it today. This is the most sincere prayer I'll ever ask you to pray, but I can't pray it for you. I can only lead you and pray it with you. As a matter of fact, our whole church will pray it with you. Say, Lord Jesus. Come on, say it from the depths of your soul, Lord Jesus. I need you. I need direction. I need encouragement. I need a new dream. So I give you my whole life. I repent of my sins. I give you my past. I give you my present. I give you my future, my hopes. Forgive me today. I believe you died for my sins. I believe God raised you from the dead. So be my Savior. Come on, say it like you mean it. Be my Savior and the Lord of my life for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today, and a special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. You know, it's because of you that we're able not only to bring this message to you, but we're able to offer hope and life to the San Antonio Hill Country and beyond. So if you'd like to give today, you can visit cityhillstx.com right now. And if this message blessed you, why don't you click subscribe or share this message with your friends uh, on your socials. I pray it's a blessing to others in your world. Thanks again for listening today. God bless you.